Hey, what's up, guys? Sleepy Jay here, here with Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist. Going to go ahead. We're going to talk some quarterbacks, fantasy football. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give Chris the quarterback. He's going to talk about, you know, where he's being drafted at, the things he likes about him, uh, where he's at, you know, within his rankings. And then I'll go ahead and I'll kind of either build Chris up or tear him down with, uh, you know, what he says with the quarterbacks and stuff like that. Uh, before we get into to the quarterbacks and stuff like that, Chris wants to talk a little bit about what we got going on right now at the Betting Predators and uh, all the hard work that he's been doing, getting ready to go ahead and get our uh, our season package up for the NFL. So he's going to go ahead. He's going to tell you guys exactly what's in that, what to expect, you know, from us and the team for the rest of the NFL season. So uh, with that said, Chris, good to have you on here. We haven't been on here, man. I don't think since like the NBA, Miu, Smooth, and McKenzie, I think was the last time we were alive. So. Um, hopefully we'll get those guys on live here soon, but, uh, how's everything going? How's your prep going? We got what another, about another week or so, man. And then we're going to be, uh, we're going to be live. Yeah. I mean, I told you on the, we did a mock draft fantasy football podcast episode last week. And I was like, this is Christmas time, man. Christmas comes early when you're into fantasy and into betting NFL. And that's what we're all about here at the betting predators website and the podcast. And, you know, for people who don't know, we just launched our NFL in-season package. It's basically our premium content for subscribers. And, I mean, basically at the end of the day, our goal is two-pronged. Uh, we want to make you money, and we want to save you time. And we want to do all the legwork, grunt work, grind in behind the scenes, put all the best numbers and information together, put out the best analysis and content for you from player props uh, to DFS. Uh, we have our own power rating system we're going to be launching for subscribers this year. That's going to correlate with things like look-ahead lines for best bets early in the week that you can get on before the lines move. Uh, that's also going to correlate with things like projected live movement uh, and things like that. And uh, Steve Ryder, uh, Steve Reeder from Avoid the Vig, uh, you know, he's a partner with us. He's going to be heavily involved with that as well in terms of betting strategy, power ratings, and things like that too. So you're going to get player props from us as a team, uh, DFS top plays from myself. Uh, for each of the primetime games, as well as the main slate on Sunday. Uh, and then Sleepy, we're going to get a, a deep dive analysis from your, uh, you know, your famous Sheep's Play of the Week post on Twitter. And you're going to do kind of a deep dive analysis on that each week in terms of basic, basically that, that, that amounts to like, what's the best way for that week to fade the public and go against public narratives, media narratives, things like that. So we want to get you know, how, how to be a smarter, better, how to be a more profitable, better, and putting our minds together as a team and giving you the best content analysis that we have to offer. So right now, our early bird rate is available on the website. Uh, you can get access to our full season package, which runs from week one through the Super Bowl. Uh, that's $99.99. And then you can get our uh, bundle package, which includes our preseason uh, package. Our preseason package we had open uh, since last month. That includes season win totals, season-long player props. You can get both together for one nineteen. 99 so those early bird prices will be available until this monday august 30th uh and then we're going to be doing some things over the next week dropping initial content for week one and getting things ready for our subscribers we're of course going to continue to offer free content just like we always have uh free podcast episodes like we always have but honestly for me like this is a price that's criminally underrated like you're going <laughs> to win one bet and you're going to win your money back and people saw what our free content was able to do for them during NFL season last year. Uh, just imagine what we're going to be working 10 times harder behind the scenes uh, for our premium subscribers. And I think that's more than worth the price tag, even just for week one of the NFL season. So 
I'm very excited about it, us growing and getting into new things. And I'm excited for everyone else who's going to be along for the ride, uh, whether they're getting free content off the site, whether they're premium subscribers or a little bit of both along the way. So um, not to get too long winded, but the last thing we're going to do is we're going to offer a monthly price uh, that's going to launch week one before the Thursday night football kickoff. That's not on the site currently. And we're going to offer a couple of different uh, variations of packages where you can basically purchase to get one item uh, off our full season package. So we'll give details on that later. But if you have any questions, you can feel free to DM me on Twitter uh, at Mad Journalist, M-A-D-D Journalist, or you can always email us anytime, uh, bettingpredators at gmail.com. So with that said, I'm ready to jump into fantasy. We're going to be doing these positional rankings podcasts over this week and do an episode for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Uh, you can catch my top 300 PPR rankings are live on the website now. I posted them on Twitter a couple days ago. Uh, you'll see my tier breakdowns for every position, uh, even defense and kicker, and then top 300. I mean, it gets really deep. It gets really murky in those top 300 waters. I'm sure some of your drafts, if you're in a 10-team league, you're only going to really need to look at the top 150, but I wanted to make sure everyone was covered if you're in a you know, 12, 14, even 16-team or more type of league with deep rosters. So I put a lot of time into that, and I will be adjusting those rankings every single day until kickoff. Uh, as preseason news comes up, uh, trades, quarterback starters announced, injuries, things of that nature. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk quarterbacks tonight. Uh, so if you got anything else, Sleepy, I'm ready to dive in, man. No, it was funny, though, how you were talking about how it's criminally, you know, cheap to go in and get our package. And we know that you you like to do, you know, just under a dollar a day. But um, we went significantly under that price. Um we're also going to go ahead and give you guys some up-to-date weather, up-to-date injuries as, as well uh, within that within that package. So um, it's not going to be stuff that you're going to get on like Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, it's going to be like the last-minute stuff. You know, when you know you have late-breaking injuries, late-breaking weather, uh, things like that. So that's something that's going to be uh, super valuable in itself. Like Chris said, you know, you you know hit one or two bets, you're going to make your money back. So uh, we're super excited for that, and. Um, it's going to be a good season, man, because we worked our rear end off. We felt like we got uh, in a little bit of a groove with our NBA, and then we kind of saw what the team, you know, what the team was able to do, what we were able to do, um, and we wanted to make sure, you know, one of Chris's big things is that, you know, we want to over-deliver. Uh, we never want to under-deliver, and we felt like, you know, with the NBA, we, we kind of got, um, you know, we, we kind of got our bearings, you know, with you know, how we're going to do this and, and, you know, how we're going to go ahead and benefit you guys and make sure that we go ahead and we get the job done. So, um, and, and a big thanks to all those people that, you know, jumped on for the NBA. Uh, we worked our rear end off for that. It didn't have the greatest results, but we, we wanted to do a whole hell of a lot better. But uh, we do have the NFL and with the team that we got. Um, I'm well, not- having said that, we definitely learned, but, you know, we, there was also points in the season we were up 10, 15 units and we finished the, the season in the black. And like you said, we were charging less than a dollar a day. So just based off, we tracked all of our best bets on the podcast last year for NFL. I tracked all my best bets for my player props column. And we hit about r- roughly 60% with, you know, a lot more winning weeks than not. So I'm excited to, you know, do even better this year, you know, step our game up continually as we learn, as we grow for the people that support us and subscribe uh, and have been following us from day one. So I'm excited about it. And, and, and I'm ready to rock and roll with that. So, you know, I'm ready to jump in, man. All right. Well, let's talk quarterbacks, Chris. Let's uh, – I'm going to throw the quarterback at you. 
and then you uh, you kind of break it down. Tell me what what everybody's looking at, what they're doing with this particular guy, what, how you feel about him. Uh, let's start out with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, a, a lot of people are taking him number one quarterback off the board. I've seen him go number one in drafts, and I've seen him really struggle to get out of the second round. Um, you don't see many Mahomes going in the third round. But how are you feeling about him right now? Where is he in your rankings? Where is his uh, ADP right now? What are you going to tell us about Mahomes? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think when you talk about the top class of quarterbacks in fantasy football, you know, he's not at the top anymore, at least by himself. I mean, I've got a tier at the top in terms of who are the top two quarterbacks in fantasy now. And to me, the number one quarterback is Josh Allen. But I got Patrick Mahomes right up there with him. I mean, you know, you can't talk enough about just the offense and, and everything that they did last year, you know, with Travis Kelsey, with Tyree Kill, with them motivated to make it back after an embarrassing loss in the Super Bowl. So there's not really too much to say when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. The only problem is that Patrick Mahomes is getting drafted continually as the number one quarterback in fantasy, which means he's going too early off the boards. So I haven't even done a single mock draft uh, or a real draft where I've had Mahomes because personally, I'm not drafting a quarterback until at least round five. And I personally like a lot more of my teams when I'm waiting until at least round six to take a quarterback, because in tier two, I have guys who are just as mobile, if not more mobile with the same amount of upside, like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and even Jalen Hurts, who I have a lot higher than ADP and the consensus analysts in the industry right now. So when it comes to Mahomes, one of my favorite players, I had him two years ago, drafted him around 10 before he broke out and started his first full season. Unfortunately, you can't get that type of price on him anymore. And the one thing I don't want people to do listening to this episode podcast video is take Mahomes earlier than they should because you don't want to be paying that high of a tax on quarterback that early in your drafts. The only way I would draft Mahomes, even consider him in the back end of the fourth round or fifth round, is if you draft Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey in round one. And then you want to come around and you want to maximize your upside in terms of stacking one of them with Mahomes. There's no way to get all three. That's basically impossible. But you can get two of them in terms of either Kelsey and Mahomes or Hill and Mahomes. And to me, that's when I would go with Mahomes over an Allen is if I have a clear way to add that stack into my starting lineup that I can ride through the rest of the season. Um, but personally, for me, I'd rather take Josh Allen and I'd rather wait until rounds five or six to get that value because Mahomes is going clear number one off the board right now. So I'm not going to say I'm fading Patrick Mahomes, but I am not drafting Patrick Mahomes in round four uh, in a majority of my drafts. And, and some drafts, he's even getting uh, drafted in round three, like home leagues, stuff like that, where people are more casual about fantasy. So that's my overall thoughts in terms of how you want to start out your draft, thinking about going with a quarterback early as opposed to waiting until quarterback late, like we talked about a lot last week on our mock draft podcast episode. You know, going to Mahomes – you and I, we, we experimented, and if you guys haven't listened to it yet, it was our mock draft podcast, and we went through and we went through, you know, a, a, what was it, Chris, 12-team, you know, 15 rounds with kickers and defenses and all that stuff like that, and you and I waited. I, I think I waited to, like, what, like the 12th round or something like that. I mean, it was late, um, and I got a, a good quarterback, good stack. You know, I had, I had Ridley and Matt Ryan. Um, you ended up getting – two quarterbacks, uh, Trey Lance was one of them, but it seemed like you and I, and I'm not just pumping our pumping ourselves up, but it felt like we had really good drafts because we didn't take a quarterback that early. And 
some of the guys who ended up reaching for those quarterbacks, you know, they ended up with, you know, they, they looked a little bit depth shy, you know, with their running backs and wide receivers. I did that last year. I ended up taking Watson early. Now, fortunately for me, uh, he did rather well, but, you know, I, I, I watched a lot of guys last year struggle, you know, just taking these quarterbacks and, you know, you need to go ahead and, and, and you have to have like that, you know, that, that top tier quarterback uh, in order for that to, to go ahead and pan out throughout the season. You know, you mentioned Josh Allen. Look, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, Chris, that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to finish the end of the year, you know, with the most fantasy points out of all of the quarterbacks. I think Rodgers has a chance at that. He was an MVP last year. He had 48 touchdowns, only five interceptions. You talked about, you know, a guy like Josh Allen. Look, I mean, he had a spectacular year. But you get so much upside with him being able to run the ball. And then you have guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And, you know, a lot of those guys are, are they're, they're going to get their yardage, you know, one way or another passing the ball. But they're going to get their yardage on the ground as well, too. So for me, personally, I would never draft Patrick Mahomes um, that high thinking that he's going to far exceed what anybody else is going to do uh, when it comes to the quarterbacks and sacrifice, you know, giving up on a good running back or a good wide receiver or, you know, one of those top tier tight ends. So um, me personally, I wouldn't draft him that high. I know how good he is. Could he finish number one at all the quarterbacks this year? Yes, certainly. I think that he can, but um, I wouldn't reach for a quarterback, not in this particular draft. And Chris, let me bring this up because you're good at this stuff. Does it depend on where you end up in the draft when it comes to position? Like if you're the first pick or you're the 12th pick, you know, do you start maybe making a, you know, looking at a quarterback, let's just say if you're like the 12th pick, is that a time where you might look or, or, or no, is it like, could you come up with the reason to justify why you're taking a quarterback early, depending on your position? Well, like, like I said, I, I think that, uh, these these are the two instances where I'm going to draft a quarterback. Let's say end of round four is like, to me, that's still too early, but let's just type a hypothetical scenario. Like you're talking about, let's say I have a pick at the end of the first round and Stefan Diggs is still on the board. And, and I have Stefan Diggs ranked in my tier one of wide receivers. I have him number two overall behind Devonte Adams ahead of Tyree kill. So Tyree kill and Diggs, I've got two and four overall um, and they're attached to two of the highest quarter, uh, highest potential quarterbacks in fantasy in the league. So if I take digs round two or at the end of round one, then I'm willing to reach on a quarterback in order to stack them together because you're potentially soaking up, let's say, 75% on any given week of that team's offense. And we're talking about potentially the top two offenses in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills and the, Atlanta, and, and, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So those are the two cases. And, and also with Kelsey, like I said, if you get Kelsey or Hill and you want to go around and reach for Mahomes in round four, and when I say reach for Mahomes in round four, keep in mind that uh, people might be taking him on average there. So I think it's still too expensive to pay for a quarterback in round four, but those are the only two instances I would do it. I would have to be stacking Allen with Diggs, or I would have to be stacking Mahomes with Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey, and again, this is strictly talking about season-long managed leagues, or where in best ball I might get a little, I might get a little crazy, uh, and, and do some different strategies. But in terms of your home leagues coming up, your season-long managed leagues, those are the only two ways I am drafting uh, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen uh, in round five or earlier. 
All right. So we got those two guys out of the way. I don't think we really need to talk much more probably about Josh Allen, but let's talk about two quarterbacks that I just mentioned with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. We know the upside of those two guys when it comes to being able to run the football. Now, where do you have those guys in your particular rankings? It's For you, it's it's Mahomes 1, Allen 2, or Allen 1, Mahomes 2? I've got Allen 1 and Mahomes 2, and let's be practical. Like, how does that help you in your drafts? Well, I think it helps you because uh, Mahomes is going to go before Josh Allen in like 95% plus of drafts. So take the value. That's what we can say about every episode that you're going to hear me repeat that phrase is let the value fall to you and take the value where you can. And that's waiting to, to get Josh Allen in round at the end of round five, for example. I know every draft's different, depending on the amount of teams you have, et cetera. But I've got Allen one, and the fact is Mahomes is going. But Mahomes does not possess the rushing upside that Josh Allen does. You know, the, the Chiefs actually use running backs more than the Bills do. And Josh Allen's going to be the number one running back on the team and the number one quarterback on the team in terms of just passing volume. So I, I just, to me, Josh Allen has superior upside to Patrick Mahomes where we can, we can get a Josh Allen season where he rushes for 10 touchdowns and he doesn't have to go crazy in the passing touchdown department. I think the only way we see Mahomes stick out clear and above the rest is if he throws for 50 plus touchdowns. So I think that's why you want to say Josh Allen to me, he can have an outlier passing season and still give you the rushing floor to where he's going to be number one, even a potentially like quote unquote down regression type of season for him. All right. So where do you have Murray and where do you have Jackson at right now? I've got Murray. So I've got my tier two. I've got three quarterbacks and this is where we start to get a little bit different. And one, looking at the top uh, 20 quarterbacks overall, there's probably three guys I uh, or four guys I have a lot differently ranked uh, than the rest of the analysts in the industry. When I say ECR, that's the expert consensus rankings on fantasypros.com. Or let's talk about ADP. ADP is average draft position. Like what place are these guys getting drafted on average in drafts going on all over the world? And I've got Kyler Murray number three. That's exactly where he is. That's where the other analysts have him ranked. That's where people are drafting him. I've got Lamar Jackson five, which is one spot lower than consensus, which is pretty normal. I'm not, I'm not fading him. I'm not too high on him. But who I've got number four sandwiched in between those two guys, it's a little bit of a risk, I know. But to me, it's Jalen Hurts. I've got Jalen Hurts as my number four overall quarterback, and I've got him ranked ahead of Lamar Jackson. And let, me, let me be clear here. I am not taking Jalen Hurts in the same area of drafts where Murray and Lamar Jackson are being drafted because you don't need to. He's going to be available in rounds eight, nine, ten of your drafts. So if you agree with that and you think he has top five upside, then you're getting great value waiting until the middle rounds of your draft instead of having to go round six Murray, uh, round late round six Lamar Jackson. You can potentially wait two, three, four rounds later, get the same type of value, value and get better players at running back, at wide receiver, even a, even a top-tier tight end, if you're able to do that. So, you know, we have a small sample size to work with, but in the games that Jalen Hurts started last year, let's talk about the last three weeks, weeks 14, 15, and 16. He was the number three overall quarterback in terms of points per game. He averaged 25.9 points per game. Lamar Jackson averaged 28.8 points per game. 
But Lamar Jackson had a cupcake schedule during that stretch. Jalen Hurts' team, they, they, they were struggling to win games towards the end. I think a new coach in there, I think that will improve things on the offensive end. I think Jalen Hurts will improve as well. He showed good leadership over the offseason. They have healthier weapons getting acclimated into the team. Younger guys like Devontae Smith coming out of college. Uh, Jalen Rager going into his second year. He can only go up from here. Uh, younger guys like Quez Watkins. You have Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz is actually going to play more of a role than we initially thought as well. So he's got weapons there. You had Miles Sanders in the backfield. This is an offense that will be able to score points. And their defense is so bad to where they're going to be putting a lot of negative game scripts where it's going to be Jalen Hurts as like the entire offense. And he's going to have that rushing upside of maybe even rushing for a thousand, you know, 500 to a thousand yards somewhere in that range in a season. So to me, Jalen Hurts is a supreme upside play where he is very similar in his fantasy kind of profile to both Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. But I think he has a higher passing upside than Lamar. And I think he has a higher rushing upside than Kyler, which is why I have him sandwiched right in between those two guys. So again, I'm not going to draft Jalen Hurts in round six where those two guys are going, but I will take Jalen Hurts uh, in rounds eight, nine, or 10, depending on how my draft is unfolding and people around me are taking their guys because I think he could be the number one or number two overall quarterback in fantasy this year. All right, so let me touch on two things here, Chris. The first one I want to ask you about is, do you remember a fantasy draft with this many running quarterbacks in it? Because it gives me a little bit of hesitancy to go ahead and take these running quarterbacks because there's just so many. It used to be, you know, back in the day it was Randall Cunningham and then, you know, it was Mike Vick. And a lot of people, they didn't they didn't see those type of guys. But now, you know, you're running into, you know, guys like Josh Allen. Uh, take Trevor Lawrence. There's a guy that's mobile. He's going to run this year. We know that. But it seems like now quarterbacks kind of have to be able to move. Like like the Tom Brady's or, you know, the Phillip Rivers and the Eli Manning's. Those guys are all, you know, they're all going away. They're all fading away. And I wonder if there's as much value – you know, with these running quarterbacks. So why don't you answer that, and then I'll, I'll circle back around to Jalen Hurts because I do have a thought with that. But do you think maybe this might be the, one of the last years before we actually start seeing these running quarterbacks kind of slow down a little bit? No, I, I think it only goes up from here. I think that's the norm. I mean, look at the top quarterbacks that were drafted as rookies this year, and we haven't even – we're going to talk about these guys as we go deeper into the rankings, but – Look at, look at the first-round picks. You're talking about Trey Lance. You're talking about Justin Fields. You're talking about Zach Wilson. Those guys – and Trevor Lawrence, like you said, those guys all have rushing upside. They were all mobile quarterbacks in college, some more inclined to run than others, like Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance. I think those are the more you know rushing upside-type quarterbacks. But Zach Wilson's a very mobile quarterback. So is Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, Mac Jones is probably the most traditional kind of pocket passer, you know, in that group there. So I think when you look at this, this is the way the NFL is going. You know, you could say Russell Wilson kind of revolutionized that years back. Lamar Jackson's done it to, 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 a, to a point as well. Uh, so those are the guys I'm pushing up in my rankings because you cannot deny, you know, if you're getting a guy who's going to rush for, you know, 50 yards on average a week and maybe get a rushing touchdown every other week or multiple rushing touchdowns in a game, and then you throw on top 300 yards, it's no longer where these rushing quarterbacks can't throw the ball. We're in an era now where the offense reigns supreme in the NFL, 
And these guys not only can run, but they can pass. And that's something 10 years ago when we looked, when we looked at running quarterbacks, they couldn't pass the ball. You know, like you think of Tim Tebow, you think of other guys. Michael Vick wasn't the greatest score either. These guys can throw at a high level now, and they can also run the ball too. So I think that's the new age quarterback where you're going to see those traditional pocket passers like Brady, like Stafford. They're going to be, um, I think, the minority you know, I think there are, they already are when you're looking at the fantasy landscape right now. Even guys like Tannehill, Wilson, Prescott, Herbert, those guys can offer you at least a minimal rushing floor of like 20, 30 rushing yards a game. And those two to three extra points you're getting per game in fantasy, those matter at the end of the day. All right, that is solid stuff there. How about Hertz? I, I do want to talk a little bit about him. My only worry with him, I have two. Number one, the Eagles' offensive line last year was just absolutely a mess. So I'm not certain that Hertz is going to run as much as we saw him run last year because he's probably not going to need to. And then my other problem with him is that I personally, I don't think that the uh, the Eagles' wide receivers are proven enough yet. Rager, could, maybe he's good. Maybe Devontae Smith is, is good. Um, I like Goddard. I like Ertz. You know, I like Sanders. I think there's potential there. I actually think you're going to end up with a season from Hertz that is actually going to be a whole hell of a lot better passing um, than people would expect. And I yeah. think it's going to be less rushing um, than people would expect. So it seems to me, Chris, like, you know, you value these running quarterbacks a lot. And I'm just not sure if you're overvaluing the running and, um, you know, undervaluing the passing, but maybe it'll all come out in the wash for you. But that is my concern uh, for Hertz is that he might end up with, you know, a better passing year than most would, would expect. And we know that you're going to end up with more, you know, more fantasy points with the rushing yards. So um, that is a, a small concern, but um you know, when it comes to the passing quarterbacks, I think he, he actually might be uh, – I think he might actually do have decent um, – just, 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 la just last point there, and I, I agree with what you said. I do expect a, a bump up in efficiency from Hurts, adding Devontae Smith, um, you know, having a second-year progression from Rager, who was the first-round rookie taken last year. I do expect that. Um, I just want to say in, in the in – the, then the two main starts that Hertz had before the, you know, the week weeks 15 and 16. So those were starts number two and three for him. Uh, he threw for 338 yards and 342 yards. And then he ran for 69 and 63. So when you got a quarterback thrown for 300 plus yards, Hertz showed that ability in college when he went to Oklahoma and he showed it last year in a very limited sample. And I expect the Eagles with their secondary as bad as it is right now, and I don't expect that to improve very much. So when you're talking about a team facing all this negative game script, he's going to be a guy to where even if the O-line does improve a little bit, he's going to be needing to throw for 300-plus yards, which he's shown he can do. Lamar Jackson's thrown for 300-plus yards once in his career. And Jalen Hurts did it two times in his first three career NFL starts. So if you just take those two games, Jalen Hurts was the number two overall quarterback in fantasy, averaging 29 points a game. The only guy who topped him, was Josh Allen, who in that short stretch was averaging 35 points a game. So when I'm talking about supreme upside, 
that's when I, I think the value is there when you don't have to pay a premium to get Jalen Hurts on your team, but yet he still offers you that top 10, top five upside. I just think he's the best value you can get right now on the board when you're talking about those top 10, top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy. Now you have him as your fourth quarterback. Now what's his ADP uh, consensus with the experts? Where do they, Where are they taking him right now? He's, he's still considered a QB1, which means he's quarterback 11. That's the average analyst has him ranked quarterback 11. And the ADP has him quarterback 12. So he's getting drafted to be a starter. There's 12 teams in a normal fantasy league. So he's getting drafted as one of the main starting quarterbacks in a fantasy. And I think you can get him in that range because his ADP is 12. I think if you can get I've, – I've got him personally in drafts I've done where I've got him round 9, round 10 – uh, you can reach around early if you really want the value there and make sure no one else kind of snipes you. Get him in round eight. I think in that range, you're just getting tremendous. You, you, you don't see that value very often. That's where rounds were like before Lamar Jackson's breakout year, we saw him getting taken in that range. You guys like that, Patrick Mahomes. So I think the passing upside is there, like you said, but that rushing floor, where it's like I think the floor for Hurts is like 50 rushing yards a game, but he could easily get 100-plus rushing yards in a game with multiple rushing touchdowns to add on top of that. So that's why I love Hurts uh, just as much as these other guys. But the, the price tag on Murray and Jackson's way higher than it is on Hurts right now. I was actually quite surprised of Hurts's uh, college football rushing stats. I, I didn't think he ran for that many yards in college, but uh, yeah, he, he ran a lot, actually, and uh, had a lot of success doing that. Let's talk about Dak Prescott, Chris. I mean, there's going to be question marks around him all season long, but, I mean, there's not going to be a bigger question mark probably of any quarterback coming into the year than Dak because, you know, we, we got the shoulder stuff. We got, you know, the hard knock stuff, other distractions there. Uh, hasn't played in the preseason, hasn't really thrown a whole hell of a lot, and then he's coming off of, you know, in my opinion, a catastrophic ankle injury where, I didn't know if Dak would even play this year. I'm shocked that he's going to be ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, and I'm not a doctor. I don't know how long those particular type of injuries take to clear up, but I mean, that didn't look good. So all that other crap, I'm not too worried about. I'm more worried about his foot and, and his, and where he's at mentally. And he's being taken in some drafts as like, you know, the, third fourth fifth sixth seventh quarterback i know he's got the playmakers man but i'm hesitant to uh to even consider taking him if he's there for me to take i know the upsides there but i think the downside you know the this the, the floor for him could be really bad and i'm worried about that so i don't know where you have him uh you and i haven't talked about you know any of these guys yet but now, how are you feeling about Dak? Where do you have him going? Where's he in your rankings? I mean, you can make an argument he could be top five, but I think you can make an argument, too, that he should be outside of the top ten. And you could either kick yourself in the rear end later on and say, you know what, he was cool, all was well, or you're going to be able to pat yourself on the back. But I feel like it's going to be a lot easier to pat yourself on the back fading Dak. Um, that's just the way I feel about it. And I do think that defense will be a little bit better, so I don't think he'll be putting those – those type of positions he was put in last year where he had to throw for, you know, 400 yards a game. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. I, I've got Dak. Uh, so ADP and ECR, the analysts and the drafters have Dak as quarterback number five. Uh, I've got Dak as quarterback number seven. We talked about my top five. Allen, Mahomes, Murray, Hurts, and Jackson. Uh, Russell Wilson, I have six, which is right in line with the average. And right behind Russell Wilson, I've got Dak Prescott. And that's the main issue with Prescott is if he was coming in fully healthy, I mean, who knows how last year would have played out. I think at the end of the day, what you mentioned, a very important point, is that there's no way the defense can be as bad as it was uh, you know, last season with, with Dak Prescott. And the, the reason why you say that is because Dak Prescott in the three games before he got hurt, 47 pass attempts, 57 pass attempts, 58 pass attempts. Those numbers are not going to continue over the course of a season, uh, especially this year. They've made improvements on the defensive side of things. And I don't think they want that type of wear and tear on Dak Prescott if he is able to play, let's say, 14, 15, or a full season of 17, 18, uh, 17 games. So – with Dak Prescott, you know that upside is there because he can run a little bit too. He gives you a little bit of boost there and his weapons. I mean, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, you know, you can't name a better wide receiver trio in the league that's clearly better than those three guys. So, um, you know, you can name some groups that are, are right up there with them, but I think they're clearly one of the top tier receiver trios in the league. So having said all that, I think he obviously has top five upside. Um, question is, how much does the defense improve? Because there were games last year in the four games he did start and, and finish where they were falling behind by 30, 35 points, and he's throwing almost 60 pass attempts. That's not going to extrapolate over a season. When you look at his numbers compared to the rest of the guys in the league, uh, Russell Wilson was tied with him through, through the first four weeks of the year. So they were both averaging 31 fantasy points a game. Josh Allen was number three, Kyler Murray number four, Patrick Mahomes number five. So you see a lot of the same guys in that list. But those guys didn't need to rely on 50, 60 pass attempts per game. So I'm going to put Dak Prescott just below those guys. And I think number seven is a fair ranking for him because you have to factor in the injury and how healthy will he be coming off of that ankle. Now his shoulder's bothering him. Uh, I, I got to see it for him to see, is he going to be a top 10 guy or is he going to be like a top three guy? Because that's going to make a big difference in terms of where you want to draft him. I, I think maybe round seven, round eight is where if he falls to you in that range, then maybe it's it's worth it at that price. I think he's a wait and see kind of thing for me. I I, I would stay away from him. that's just my personal opinion. There hasn't what what positive news has really come out except today that he's throwing the ball and he feels good. It's like it's been nothing but negative for the last you know couple of weeks. So. Um, that worries me. Let's jump into a couple other guys here, Chris. I'll just rattle off a couple names. I feel like they're probably all kind of in that same ballpark. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert. My gut feeling says that Rodgers, and, and that's my guy, you know, I'm a Packer fan. My gut feeling says Rodgers probably can't do a whole hell of a lot better than what he did last year. I mean, he had, you know, one of the greatest quarterback seasons in, in you know, in history. Wilson could probably up his stock, but I don't feel like it, it like it could be a whole hell of a lot. But Herbert's the guy I feel that there's a chance he could be the quarterback that finishes number one at the end of the year with his fantasy points. And I think a lot of that has to do with Eckler coming out of the backfield. I drafted him last year, Chris. It didn't work out too well for me because he ended up um, getting hurt. But I feel like Eckler's going to help 
Herbert a ton in the passing game. You know, they were dealing with guys in the, you know, second. I mean, they were down to like their fourth, fifth string at one point a couple times last year where, you know, we were looking at, uh, I forget, forget the guy's name. I think it was Tremaine Pope or something like that. Like there were just guys that were in that backfield and it was like, you really didn't, you know, give him a whole hell of a lot of help. So for me personally, I would put Herbert um, in front of probably Dak. I would put Herbert in front of Wilson. I would, you know, consider putting Herbert maybe in front of uh, maybe a Jalen Hurts or somewhere around there. I would probably have Herbert like, you know, fifth or sixth. That's where I would have him. I feel comfortable there. I think he's going to have a big year uh, with guys like Keenan Allen and Williams. I think they're going to do well. Um, And then you bring in a, a good tight end and cook. Um, I could see Herbert. He's probably going to be the guy that that I'm really, really high on, and I think that there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of optimism circling him right now. So, uh, how you feeling about Wilson, Rogers, and Herbert right now? Well, I, I think it's important to mention again. I'm going to keep keep harping this, but I, I've got them all in tier three. So I, I'm not going to blame you for taking one of those guys o- over the other. I think you're really nitpicking at that point. And I, I don't want to just debate just for debate's sake. I want to try to be as helpful as possible to everyone listening. Um, so I think that you take the value where you want to see it. If you're, if you're not comfortable with Dak Prescott's injury, by all means, remove him from this tier and don't draft him. There, there's nothing wrong with picking a certain guy in a tier and saying, you know what? I don't care how far he falls. I'm not going to draft him uh, because I'm going to take one of the other four guys I have in the tier, which are the guys you mentioned, Russell Wilson in tier three, Justin Herbert in Tier 3, Aaron Rodgers. I also have Ryan Tannehill in Tier 3 because as much as people want to give praise to Derrick Henry, ever since Ryan Tannehill took over the starting uh, quarterback job in Tennessee, he's been a top-five fantasy quarterback in terms of fantasy points per game on average. That's dating back two-plus seasons now. So Ryan Tannehill gets it done in efficiency. He's able to do that because teams simply have to stop, uh, stack the box in order to stop Derrick Henry. And that gives him open reign over the field to throw to one of the most talented athletic receivers in the game, A.J. Brown, who could take an even bigger step forward in year three. And now you add Julio Jones to the mix, who was getting drafted as a top five receiver in fantasy his entire career. And now all of a sudden falling outside the top 10. We'll talk about him in our wide receiver rankings in another episode this week. But, man, I think Ryan Tannehill should be right up there with those guys. And honestly, to me, when it comes to my strategy, again, if, if I somehow have DK Metcalf and I'm in round seven and these tier three quarterbacks start, start going off the board, then I'm going to be more willing to take Russell Wilson. If I have A.J. Brown, I'm going to be more willing to take Tannehill. Same goes for Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Same goes for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. So that's how I'm personally going to sort through my tiers. If I'm in tier three and this is my seventh, eighth player getting drafted, um, and if I don't have one of those guys, I can still take one of them, but I'm comfortable letting the value fall to me in, in that sense. So that's how I'm, I'm approaching my strategy when it comes to this overall tier with Dak Prescott in there. Uh, but I agree with you. You know, Dak Prescott, he's a guy I would love to pair him with CeeDee Lamb early and then Michael Gallup in the later rounds uh, because I, I really think they both have a lot of potential in this offense this year, kind of taking over as the top two guys ahead of Amari Cooper, uh, who's getting drafted pretty high himself. So. That, that's the only upside I really see with Dak, being that the defense still won't be that good. But, again, I, I totally understand the injury concerns, and I probably am going to wind up bumping him down at the bottom of this tier 
uh, just because of like, we haven't had that clarity and confidence yet that he's close to hundred percent. So uh, I think all those guys are fine options as opposed to Dak in that, in that same grouping here. Yeah. I think between Wilson, Rogers, Herbert, that those are probably going to be, you know, if you take a consensus, those three quarterbacks are going to be the quarterbacks that do get stacked the most, like you were saying. Uh, because before you even mentioned that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, these guys are going to be around. They're going to be available, you know, to go with, you know, a Keenan Allen or to go with, you know, like you were talking about a Metcalf or, or Devontae Adams. If those guys will probably be around. There's a good chance. Um, and you know a lot of the home leagues will end up with these guys being stacked uh, more than likely. Here's a guy that I was down on. I was down on Stafford, and the, I, I don't have any choice but to be a little bit higher on him because of the running back situation right now with the Rams. They're going to bring in Sony Michelle. You know, they were – here's my concern, Chris, is like if they were all in with Henderson, then why do you go get Michelle? I worry if they're if they're wondering if it's limit – if he's limited to a certain uh, a certain capacity, but – you know, the fact that there's running back issues right now with the Rams, I have to be a little bit higher um, on Stafford. I had him at, like, number 13 quarterback in the league. Um, I'm not putting him in the top 10, but I feel like he's going to have maybe a little bit better passing now uh, because of the, you know, the struggles with the backfield. So you can talk a little bit about Stafford. Uh, you could probably throw Ryan in that same mix. I think Ryan might might be in there, probably a Cousins as well. Um, how you feeling about like those you know, those three particular quarterbacks um, going into this year? Um, this is a pretty big tier that I have. Of we talked about the top ten already. Uh, tier four for me goes from quarterback eleven all the way to quarterback twenty. I don't think the gap is that big uh, between all these guys. Uh, maybe cut it to like eighteen or nineteen. But I'm this is going to be my young upside quarterbacks with with mobile rushing ability in this tier pretty much for everybody except for Stafford and Brady and I, I got Brady at the top of this tier but I'm, I'm going to tell you personally you're not going to see me drafting Tom Brady this year because again I'm going for guys that are going to offer me a little bit of rushing upside I think Brady has massive passing upside again this year he again he's one of the guys I mentioned mentioned with the Cowboys in terms of having one of the best wide receiver trios in the league, Brady's got that. He's, he's got Antonio Brown. He's going to take another step forward this year with more chemistry with Brady. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, but I would rather have a Justin Fields. I would rather have even guys like Trey Lance, who we don't know who's going to start yet, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, even Joe Burrow or Tua, guys who can take that next step up in their career who are going to be on teams who need to throw the ball more because they're going to be losing more and facing more negative game scripts as well. Those are reasons why I'm higher on guys like that. I'm pushing them above their ADP because I want to be above market so I can get good value on them. So uh, I'm right. I'm right at market at Tom Brady. I think I'm one spot lower than the, than the average ranking across the industry, but I'm, I'm much higher on Justin Fields. I'm much higher on Zach Wilson, who to me, I, I wasn't high on him as a prospect coming out of college, but I'm not a scout, and I've been very impressed watching him. I know it's just the preseason, but I'm very impressed in what Zach Wilson's been able to do, and he's showing that rushing upside as well to where I would probably rather have him over Trevor Lawrence at this point of, this, at this point of draft season. So 
Um, those are guys that I like. I mean, talk about Tua. Um, I, he looked terrible at times last year, but this is a guy who they drafted his number one receiver from college in Jalen Waddell. They took Will Fuller, maybe the most explosive deep threat in the league. Uh, Devontae Parker's coming back healthy. They have Preston Williams maybe coming back healthy. They still have Gesicki, uh, Miles Gaskin flash last year. I mean, this is a team that has a good defense as well. They can be competitive, and they're going to give two of the reins to where, like, this guy's only a year removed from a hip surgery that could have ended his entire football life and career. So I don't think we should be too down on bashing him. When you talk about all the weapons they just brought in and having another year under his belt, all indications are during the offseason that he's taken massive steps forward in his progressions as a quarterback. So I've got two a ranked number 15, which is six spots above ADP and two spots above uh, the, the, the industry ranking. So I'm slightly higher on Tua uh, th- than the other rankers are. I'm, I'm a decent amount above Tua on the market right now as like a mid-range quarterback 15. But I've got him in this tier with Brady, Fields, Burrow, Wilson, uh, throw Lawrence, Lance, and I'll throw Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, and Jameis Winston, who, who was just announced as a starter. I've got all these guys in that same range, and, I, and I'm being strategic. I'm letting the value come to me. If six of these guys go off the board and there's four left, I know I'm still getting one of these guys that I consider in that same tier that's going to maybe finish in that same range at the end of the year. Uh, and, and, again, that's how I'm approaching that. So I, I extended this tier from five quarterbacks to ten because I do see a lot of potential and upside with some of these guys outside of Tom Brady sitting there at the top at number 11. Yeah, I'm high on Tom Brady. I think that the, I think he just, he always has kind of reminds you of like LeBron James in a way is that there's always some type of method to his madness. Um, It's not just, I'm going to go out there and play. I feel like Brady is going out to break some kind of crazy record. Um, he might try for, you know, 60 touchdowns, who knows what he's going to do, but it's, there's, there's gotta be a reason for him to go ahead and continue to keep playing. He has to keep going ahead and setting new goals. Um, I have Brady inside my top 10. There's a quarterback that you didn't mention that I think needs to be mentioned. And I don't understand how Ben Roethlisberger is being put in tears with Daniel Jones and Carr. It doesn't make any sense to me. He has one of the best wide receiver cores in the entire league. And people are like, oh, he fell off last year. It was like, dude, they were 12-0 and 0 at one point. That wasn't because of freaking James Conner. That was because they had a decent defense. But Big Ben was carrying that team. That wide receiver core was carrying that team. So um, people are like, they, they're not even drafting them. That's crazy. That's just absolutely crazy to me. I think Big Ben's going to shut a lot of people up this year. He was coming off of an elbow injury that was, you know, I mean, that that was something that we really haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of, you know, in NFL, especially with quarterbacks. But um, I have him at 12, and a lot of people might argue that, but I think Big Ben's going to shut a lot of people up this year. Um, that's one guy that I have uh, that we that we didn't talk about. I don't have much to say about Tua, Chris. I think the the only way for him to go is up um, for sure. I see you have the Lake Show hashtag on our thing here, Chris. Um, I don't want to talk NBA. I was so worn <laughs> out from the NBA, dude. That's the last time we, we went live on the on the video stream. I, I wound up deleting the tweet and uh, reposting it with the, with the proper fantasy football hashtag. So 
that's uh, funny. I'll, I'll have to go into YouTube and Twitch and edit the titles after we're done. But uh, mostly everyone's going to be watching this on Twitter anyway. So we're knocking the rust off with our video streaming to get ready for the NFL season right now. All right. So just to clear up um, with Tua, I think the only way he can go is up. I think Mayfield, the only way that he can go is up. I think a lot of those guys are in that same area. Daniel Jones, uh, Fitzpatrick. Um, I think Fitzpatrick actually could have a sneaky good year. And a lot of that has to do with the running backs coming out of the backfield, McLaurin, Logan Thomas. Um, I think they're going to be sneaky good. Uh, Washington, you bring in Curtis Samuels, you have Adam Humphreys. Don't be shocked if, if Fitzpatrick ends up, you know, flirting with, uh, at the end of the year, top 10 fantasy stats too, because um, that defense is going to end up more than likely probably giving the offense a lot of opportunities to go ahead and score. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask you about Big Ben because that's one of my biggest discrepancies from uh, my rankings to, you know, the entire market. But, I mean, I know you like guys on that offense. It's like, dude, how are you drafting this guy? Like, what's he going to do? Pitch it to him? Like, he's got to throw the ball. You make, you, you know, you make some good points here, and this is why I'm adjusting my rankings uh, every single day, and my tiers is based off, you know, the more I read, the more content I consume, the more news I see that comes out, the more I hear coaches talk about different things for the season and who they're scheming up to, to be parts of the offense. But, um, you know, even listening to you, hey, we're hearing a different perspective on a guy like Big Ben, and he's a guy that – here's the reason why I'm not as high on Big Ben is I, I think he could have a better season – in regards to being more efficient. But last year, I mean, in, even in that Cleveland Browns playoff game, he threw the ball 68 times. Um, he threw the ball to close out the season. We're talking about pass attempt games, 49, 53, 51, 46, 46. I mean, you know, he was up there in pass attempts, to say the least, 608 pass attempts for the year. Uh, their running game was terrible last season. James Conner, He's a guy I'm, not, I'm avoiding, I guess you could say, not necessarily fading as ADP, but I'm just not drafting. Uh, I just think he's past his prime at this point. But it goes to show you that he was like the only legitimate running back they had last year. Najee Harris, man, like we're going to talk about him a lot. He's a, he's a guy that's been flying up my draft boards with running back. I think they're going to see a lot more balance in terms of them running the ball successfully this year. But again, Najee Harris was a great pass catching back in college. So that could mean more production for Big Ben as well. So, you know, that's a good point. When you when you talk about – I don't like Juju this year. I'll have to say that. I do really like Claypool and Deontay. So that's two guys plus Najee Harris that I really like, which means I think I'm going to bump Big Ben up a little bit. Uh, will he crack the top 20? I'm not sure. He, with, with, with the crazy amount of pass attempts he had last year, he basically ranked around quarterback 14 in points per game, whether you look at the full season or the second half of the year. So – I could see getting him close to 20, but with the influx of these rushing rookies like Wilson, Lance, Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Burrow was on pace to lead the league in pass attempts last year before he got hurt. Uh, I have a hard time moving Ben ahead of any of those guys or even Tua taking a step up with his athletic upside. So that's where I am on Ben. I, I understand your case. I could see myself moving him up maybe five, six spots. Uh, I've got him too low right now, but um, but yeah, that's kind of I don't see the passing volume for Ben being what it what it was last year, and I think that could it could make him a better quarterback on paper and on television, but it could make him a slightly less quarterback in fantasy in terms of how many points he's scoring per game. 
I think the other two points that I wanted to make, you kind of already touched on a little bit, but I think the fact that that rushing game was just absolutely brutal last year, that the defense just kind of knew what was coming. Like when you become one dimensional and you don't have to worry about um, James Conner running for, you know, 2.7 yards per, per carry, well, then it makes a whole hell of a lot easier for the defense to kind of know all right, they're going to go ahead, they're going to pass the ball. So let's just drop everybody back in coverage and make Ben try to go ahead and beat us. I think that that's one thing that um, hurt him last year. And I think another thing, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, his his numbers weren't all that great. You know, his completion percentage was bad. Well, it's hard to complete passes when guys are dropping the ball. And we know that the Steelers were famous last year for um, dropping the ball. So are those two things going to be there? Are they going to drop that many passes this year? I can't say what they will or not, but my gut feeling says that they won't. And my gut feeling says that the the, the running back, Najee Harris, um, is going to put defenses in a little bit different of a predicament than what they were against Pittsburgh last year. So um, I just have nothing but good things to say about Ben. And the only thing I can say is what the media says. He's old. That's an excuse. Tom Brady was old. Tom Brady's still old. Drew Brees was old. So was Phillip Rivers. I mean, they, they where where were they last year? They were in the playoffs. So um, if Big Ben makes it to the playoffs, I think there's a good chance that um, he has a, a half-decent season. Let's talk about a couple other guys there, Chris, before we wrap this up. We're at 50, almost 55 minutes. Um, you mentioned Fields. Um we don't know what we're going to get from him, but um, I think there's a good chance he has a half-decent season. Um, if he can get in there early, I don't know if I would draft him uh, because Dalton might, you know, take a couple weeks away from him. But what about a guy like Car- Carson Wentz? He's got weapons. Is he a guy you would consider drafting? Maybe a Darnold? Um, like you said, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or anybody in there that I mentioned that you would draft Eric Carr? You know what, man? Give me, the, give me, give me the rookies, man. I, I don't want any of guys who don't run the ball and who don't have upside as, as even just traditional pocket passer type quarterbacks. Like, I don't want Darnold. I don't want Carr. Um, they give you essentially no upside. Like on a good day, they're going to be average quarterbacks, but then they can have really bad days that can really sink your weeks. And I think that these younger, uh, mobile type quarterbacks give you that rushing upside to where, hey. Any quarterback in the NFL today can throw for 300-plus yards. We've seen that. Maybe Lamar Jackson doesn't do it very often. That's another debate for another day. But um, he at least offers you that crazy elite rushing upside as well. But uh, when you're talking about – I mean, look, Tim Tebow was like a borderline top-10 quarterback sleepy, and he couldn't throw for anything. Like, he could not throw the ball, period. But he was still putting up numbers to where he was literally giving you like 100 rushing yards a game. That's 10 points. You To get 10 points as a, as a pocket passer – you get one point for every tw- uh, every 25 yards. So you get 10 points for 100 rushing yards. I mean, you've got to throw 250 passing yards to get to 10 points. So that's what I'm saying when it comes to these rushing. That you, you can use it's – it's like a cheat code. And that's what I'm going to do. These guys have the passing upside now, and they're going to be able to run the ball too in order to have that type of cheat code ability. So that, that's what that's what you want to do. When it comes to these quarterbacks here, I mean, I think Zach Wilson's going to do it from day one. Uh, there was a reason why they went out and drafted him that early. Uh, he just was never part of any debates. And the media narratives down on the Jets, 
as, as, in terms of where Adam Gase took them this year. So Zach Wilson's a guy, no matter how much preseason hype he gets, uh, he's not shaking that narrative that the Jets have put on themselves over the last couple of years. So I think you can get a lot of value on Zach Wilson. I love stacking him with Corey Davis uh, because Corey Davis was brought in on a, on a nice size contract this offseason to be the team's number one wide receiver. And he rivaled A.J. Brown in targets and receptions last year in Tennessee. So I really like that pairing there. And then Allen Robinson's been one of the top five, 10 receivers in the game for the last five plus years. Now Justin Fields is getting in there. Justin Fields has been running a lot in the preseason. They're showing them that once he gets in there, you know, I've been a Bengals fan my whole life. Please don't talk about Andy Dalton. He, I, I just do not see a situation <laughs> where Andy Dalton starts the year. And if Andy Dalton starts the year, Fields is going to be in there quick. And he's going to give you that rushing upside that Andy Dalton or these other pocket passers like, uh, you know, Drew Locke, if he ever plays ahead of Teddy or even Teddy Bridgewater himself, those guys cannot give you that. That's why I move Lance Wilson uh, fields all above the, that tier of those traditional pocket passer type quarterbacks. So uh, if you're going to wait till rounds 10, 11, 12, and you're just going to stack your, your, your starting tight end, you're going to stack running back, stack receiver. You can get a high upside quarterback like a Justin Fields. And if for some reason Justin Fields is not starting week one, then in the last round of your draft, you can take a Big Ben. You can take a Kirk Cousins. You can take a Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you can play them until Justin Fields becomes the starter and gives you that next level upside. So I think it's perfectly okay going in the late rounds, taking one of these rookies, seeing how they pan out, and you can still take a second quarterback to kind of mitigate and see how things go for the first month or two of the season. All right, let's talk about uh, the final four quarterbacks here that we have on our list that I wanted to go ahead and touch on. One, Joe Burrow. We know he has targets. I mean, he has Chase. Things are saying that he hasn't looked all that great. Uh, things are saying that even Burrow hasn't looked all that great um, so far. But they do have Boyd. They do have Higgins. Um, I know that you have those guys, um, you know, on your sheet there somewhere. But how you feeling about Burrow going into this season? Is he a guy that a lot of people have maybe just way too low? Like, I was optimistic about him. I'm like, you know what, man? Herbert surprised me and Burrow surprised me for coming into the NFL. The only thing that worries me about Cincinnati is, you know, the offensive line is is going to be really bad. But what would you do with Burrow? Would you just say, you know what, I'll get him on the waiver wire if, if he's around and he just fits? Or is he a guy that uh, that you would consider taking a leap of faith on, you know, if if you end up in like one of those quarterback-heavy drafted kind of leagues? I mean, I'm right in market when it comes to Joe Burrow. He's the 13th quarterback being drafted, and he's a 13th-ranked quarterback across the industry. I've got him at 13. He's one of the few guys you could say he might be the only guy besides Kyler Murray that I have exactly in line with the market uh, is Joe Burrow. Um, I think you can make pros for him. He has potential top 10 upside with – he again, he was leading – he was on pace to be the league leader in pass attempts because of how bad the defense is and the fact that they did not do – they did not run the ball well because they have a patchwork offensive line. Um, you know, will the injury, will he be a hundred percent? He's, you can say the same thing about Burroughs. You can say about Dak. It's like, is he truly going to be a hundred percent, even though he has that elite wide receiver trio. So as a Bengals fan, I'm cautiously optimistic because I just want to see them be competitive this year. And even if they win five, six games, as long as I see them being competitive, you know, for the most part week to week, I'll be happy as a fan, but, uh, you know, it's uh, the only, again, 
I think that when it comes to your home league drafts coming up in the next week to 10 days, next two weeks, right before kickoff, the average casual drafter does not stack in season-long fantasy, but you can gain an edge by strategically trying to stack certain combinations of players. If you're going to take T. Higgins early, if you're going to grab Boyd or even Chase or two of those three receivers, I think that two of those guys can be viable. Right now I've got Higgins clearly number one there. Then I'm more than happy to in the middle to late rounds to take a Joe Burrow uh, because I can have that potential upside where Burrow goes for 300-plus yards, Higgins gets 100-plus receiving yards in the game, and all of a sudden you know, you're getting tons of fantasy production just between two guys. So that's something that we'll go a little more into when we release some of our more content about wide receivers coming up this next week. But the, the benefit of stacking in season-long leagues, not just best ball leagues, uh, can give you a real leg up on some casual drafters. A lot of casual drafters are afraid – to have too many players from the same team on their fantasy team. And I think that's a misconception that people who are a little more sharp and experienced with, with fantasy football know that that actually is a plus and not a negative there. So that's where I'm looking to take Burrow is when I can get at least one or two of his top potential top 20, top 25 fantasy wide receivers on the same team. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Trevor Lawrence. And then I do want to talk, uh, about Jimmy G and Trey Lance, because I feel like there's probably a couple minutes there that we can dive into, and you and I can get our thoughts out. But Trevor Lawrence, uh, right now, he's average at best right now in preseason, and it's preseason, and he's got guys out there that he probably isn't going to have, a, you know, out there on, on you know, week one. Um, how do you feel about him? Because he does have rushing upside, Chris. Like, we, if you watched him when he was with Clemson, I mean, he was burning safeties and corners and stuff. Like, the dude can run. Um, we know that he can throw. So, I don't know. I'm, people are taking him, you know, 15, 16. Some guys are taking him 12. He's somewhere in that area. I just think there's just too many good options out there to take, to take Lawrence right now on, on that particular team where – you know, you don't have a whole hell of a lot of all pros on that team. For me, Lawrence would be in a uh, stay away and prove me wrong, and I won't be mad. But how you feeling about Lawrence right now? Is he a guy that you would consider, you know, drafting or not? I mean, I would consider it if the value falls to you. I mean, I've got him 14. I've got him one spot behind uh, Burrow, one spot ahead of Tua. Um, the guys in that tier that I mentioned, um, Justin Fields, and Jameis Winston, I have very well above market, but I think that's more because Fields hasn't been announced the starter yet, and Winston was just announced the starter, so people the numbers haven't had a chance to catch up with that news. I think Winston moved more to that top fifteen range uh, now that we're you know less than twenty four hours from him officially being announced the starter in New Orleans. So I, I still have him in that tier as well, as well as Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan. But when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, like you said, I, to me it's about the rushing floor that he provides. And with Trevor Lawrence, you're getting a guy where he's, he's the guy. He's going to be able to go through those bumps and bruises along the way. His starting job is secure. And he's got decent weapons. I mean, they brought in Marvin Jones. They have LaVisca Chenault. Uh, they have DJ Shark, even though he's battling a, a finger injury, which could be – detrimental to his fantasy value this year alone. Uh, the loss of Etienne bumps Trevor Lawrence down a little bit for me because Etienne was like, you know, obviously former teammates with, with Lawrence, so they have that chemistry. But 
He's also a very dynamic pass catching running back. And you take that type of threat away. Although I do think James Robinson can be almost just as good in the passing game as Etienne would have been. So maybe it's not too big of a drop off. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the coaching there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sold on urban Meyer by any means in terms of what he can do at the NFL level. And maybe that could hold uh, Trevor Lawrence's true upside back to a degree. Um, but that's where I'm kind of middle of the pack on on Lawrence in terms of where I have him ranked with all these other quarterbacks we're talking about. But I've got him in this tier because he was the number one pick for a reason. This guy was anointed like LeBron James, like the number one pick, like three years before he was even drafted. And you got to give him credit. That was for a reason. It's not because like it's not just because of his hair, right? Like because he won a couple of national titles because he's really good. So I think he's talented. He has rushing ability and that mobile upside that you want in a fantasy quarterback. Um, it's just he plays for a bad team with a low win total. And, you know, will the negative game scripts help him get the passing volume he needs to be a serviceable fantasy quarterback? I think he can be, but uh, I'm not like too high or too low on him based on the market. All right. Final quarterbacks. Let's talk about Jimmy G. Let's talk about Trey Lance. This is confusing to me. But I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work out. Are you drafting either of these guys anywhere? Because could you be potentially just burning a draft pick? Because let's say they start Lance, are they going to yank him out of there for Jimmy G? If things, I mean, that would be probably not good. Um, taking your rookie quarterback out that you drafted and kind of just bailing on him there in the middle of the season or early in the season. And then Jimmy G is like, me personally, I think he's going to start personally. And I think Jimmy G is actually going to play quite a bit of time. Um, me personally, I couldn't draft either guy because I have a feeling it's, you're not going to get enough reps. Um, if you're, you know, trying to bank on those guys being in for, you know, the entire season. But I'll give you more thoughts on that. But how are you feeling about Jimmy G, Garoppolo? Trey Lance, you know, yeah. what well, would you Jimmy, do? Jimmy G's not getting drafted, so you don't have to worry about that. You want to take him at, in a deep roster league with like 18 picks. You want to take him in the last round because you took Lance. I, I did. I, I had a best ball draft, right? Best ball, for those who don't know, you draft a team and you do nothing. There's no waivers. There's no trades. They take the best, the highest scores from your league, and you don't even set a starting lineup every week. So you, got, you try to go for like high variance players, big type of upside with guys. Um, I did my first one a couple of days ago. And one of the things I did was I took Trey Lance in the middle to late rounds. But then what I also did at the end of the draft was with my last pick, I took Jimmy G uh, because I was like, Hey, well, if Lance doesn't play in that chance that happens, uh, at least I can get some decent numbers with a starting quarterback. So uh, I don't think you see the scenario where Lance starts and then gets pulled. I think it will be the opposite to where, It'll be like uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He was playing very well last year, and they had a chance to make a playoff run, and they still pulled Ryan Fitzpatrick anyways, even though he was playing well, because they wanted to get Tua in there. So I think you'll see that type of scenario where Jimmy G, if he does start, I think eventually they're going to pull him at some point when they feel comfortable uh, getting. And don't, let's not forget how brittle uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been over the last couple of years either, Sleepy. Like Jimmy G has been very difficult to stay on the field and be healthy. So – that's another concern there. I think Lance gets in there at some point. Uh, if it's not week one, I think it'll be sooner rather than later. And let's not forget the upside this guy has as a rusher as well. 
I mean, he, he's got that type of skill set where he could be, again, like Jalen Hurts, but even better, throwing for 300-plus yards, rushing for 50 to 100 yards or more on a weekly basis. And those are the type of guys you want to take flyers on. The only problem right now is that Trey Lance's ADP has skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks. He's getting drafted as like a top 16 quarterback right now or even top 20. So he's getting taken off the boards uh, before the last round. So if you want to stash him as your quarterback too and pick up another late round guy you can plug in week one right away, then fine. Uh, but, you know, you don't know if he's going to start. So it's you don't want to spend too high on him, but I still think he's worth taking in rounds like 12 to 16, depending on how your draft's going and what your quarterback strategy is in case he doesn't start week one. Make sure you get a guy like Cousins, Big Ben, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can get those guys late in like the last two rounds of your draft too. Uh, just to see what happens with the land situation. I could see Jimmy G getting streamed every week just because of the upside with that particular offense. And I think that that that's going to be a problem for Lance is that you've got guys out there like Ayuk, you got Debo, you got Kittle, you got the running backs coming out of the backfield. Like I felt like if Jimmy G started the season that, there's a good chance he might actually finish the year or at least make it to the trade deadline. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, Me personally, if if I knew that Jimmy G was going to be the week one starter and they were going to play him, I don't say I, wanted, I would draft him, but, man, I think he could actually have a, a big year. I mean, he's one pass short, potentially, of winning the Super Bowl. I just – there's been nothing but negative around him in the media and the media will drive you and I'll say it because I have to watch shows every day. Um, the media will drive you batshit crazy. They <laughs> yeah. come up with the craziest stuff. It makes no sense. It's just to go ahead and get people talking on Twitter and Facebook and all that crap like that. Um, but Jimmy G doesn't deserve um, all the negative press that that guy's gotten. And I actually think San Francisco's treated him um, horribly. Um, and he's not going to, he's going to end up getting the, the shitty end of the stick at the end of all this. Um, he's probably going to end up getting traded away, but um, they have an offense. So I think if you're looking to stream a quarterback, you know, each and every week, Jimmy G's got to be on your list because um, they just have way too many playmakers for him not to have a, you know, a decent season. I don't know what to do, man, to be honest with you, with those two guys. I wouldn't draft either of them personally. Yeah, well, I'm I, I'm taking Lance if I can get a good value, and I'm not taking him ahead of, like, upside skill receivers. Like, we'll talk about in our wide receiver episode, like a Rondale Jones rookie for the Cardinals, Terrace Marshall for the Panthers. Uh, I don't want to go ahead and take Trey Lance, who's not even uh, certain where he's, he's going to start yet, uh, over guys like that later rounds in the draft. Uh, but maybe round 13, 14, if he's there, I'm more than happy to take Lance. I mean, th this guy's last college game, he ran 15 times for 143 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So that type of upside, that's exactly what you want with one of your last picks in your draft in fantasy. He could absolutely be a league winner for you to use that terminology. So I think that overall, yeah, with Jimmy G, the first two weeks of the season, they play against the Lions and they play against the Eagles. So those, are, those are two very beatable defenses that I think any starting quarterback in the NFL can put up decent fantasy numbers against. So whether it's Lance or Jimmy G, um, I mean, in, in terms of the media narratives, I don't get too much into that. I think pay attention to what's going on because you can take advantage of those narratives. Um, but 
the 49ers cer- certainly weren't unfair to Jimmy G with what they paid him on, on his contract. So as much as, you know, he might've been disrespected by the media, the 49ers are still paying him and they're still giving him the chance to start on this team. So, uh, you know, he might've been a pass away from helping the team win the Super Bowl, but you know, the 49ers weren't in the Super Bowl because of Jimmy G. I think he's a serviceable replacement level average type quarterback, you know, who could play well enough to win games for good defenses. But you know, he's a guy you could stream weeks one and two, wait to see what happens with Lance. But, uh, he, you know, again, you can get Jimmy G for free. You can go your whole draft and, and then get him off the waivers after your draft is over because that's what his ADP is indicating uh, right now. Uh, I think Garoppolo's ADP is around quarterback 35, and there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. So he's basically not getting drafted right now. And I think I think it's for good reason. Well, we'll see how everything works out in San Francisco. That's going to be an interesting story to follow. Um, I guess that's it, Chris. We kind of wrapped up everybody. I mean, we didn't talk about a couple guys like Goff. I mean, he stinks. That team stinks. So I don't want to waste any more time. Cam Newton, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Mac Jones maybe will play. I don't want to talk about those two guys either. Uh, Sam Darnold. I think Darnold could have a sneaky season, to be honest with you. But – uh, with all that said, guys, that'll wrap up uh, this particular podcast. Chris, you want to go ahead and uh, and talk about the, uh, the the season package we're going to do for the NFL one more time, and then uh, maybe I'll go ahead. I'll tell them about our ideas for the for our podcast and stuff like that really quick uh, before we close this up. Yeah, well, you can go to bettingpredators.com backslash premium, and you can access that from our homepage, bettingpredators.com as well. Uh, it'll give you a rundown of everything that's going to be in our in-season package. Again, we're going to have free content on the website during the season, just like last year, but we've got our team together putting putting some real behind-the-scenes work together to put out a subscriber-level experience to help people make money and save them time, and that those are our two priorities this year. So. We're going to have player props and DFS top plays for every primetime game, uh, for every main slate. We're going to have uh, betting strategy, deep dive articles from yourself, Sleepy, also from Steve Reeder, uh, Avoid the Vig on Twitter. And we're also going to have um, uh, some some special perks like the Money Picks re- uh, the Money Picks podcast that we do. We're going to have a written recap of it for subscribers only. I'm going to have an audio version, podcast version of my NFL player props column for subscribers only. And we're going to be doing really cool things like Sunday night look ahead lines. As soon as the games are over on Sunday and the first lines that the books release, we're going to be diving in to projected line movements and how we can use those and our power ratings, which will be available for subscribers, how how we can use that to make the earliest positive EV bets as possible early in the week and get the best of the numbers and the public. So those are some things that are going to be included in our in-season package. But again, you can check all the details out at bettingpredators.com backslash premium or hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. Our early bird rate is going on right now till the end of Monday, August 30th. Uh, so you can save a nice 20, 25 bucks on the different packages we have available right now by taking advantage of our early bird rate again criminally underpriced if you ask me because you're going to win more than one bet and it's going to easily pay that back in a week so make some money with us and let's all have some fun taking advantage of the sports books this season i'll just leave it at that all right let me talk a little bit about the podcast situation that i kind of got myself involved with which i'm quite happy about 
Um, so if you guys have been following us for probably, you know, the last two years, you know, we went through and we did our, you know, full week podcast and we did it on, on Wednesday night and we released the podcast, uh, for you guys Thursday morning. And it was all there Thursday night football, Sunday, Monday night football. But what I want to do this year is I kind of want to break it down into, uh, either three or four podcasts. I want to concentrate on the Thursday night game, deep dive on that, give you guys, you know, all the insight that we have in that game, all the player props. Chris could talk about, you know, about maybe a showdown lineup or guys that we're looking at, you know, if in, you know, some of the leagues that you, you know, you could draft, you know, your Thursday um, lineups for, for DFS and stuff like that. So I do want to have a Thursday night podcast where it's just about the Thursday night game. And then another podcast that I want to do is for Sunday and Monday night football. Again, primetime game. More than likely, I'm probably going to have Chris on that one because uh, that was one of the podcasts that a lot of people asked about were what were Chris's primetime um, fantasy lineup and what, what were his player props. So I think getting Chris for those two games and isolating those two games, deep diving on them um, is going to give us um, a whole hell of a lot of benefit. And one of the you know disadvantages of doing the podcast earlier in the week is the fact that you don't necessarily know injuries all the way. You don't necessarily know what the weather is going to do all the way. And if we can kind of go ahead and get ourselves to where we don't think the market's going to move a whole hell of a lot, but we can put ourselves in a position to end up with better handicaps, better picks, and better players, um, I think it's only going to benefit you guys. And then what I want to do is I want to take, you know, a lot of the games that we had a rapid fire on where they were, you know, it was Chicago-Detroit. And it was a game that a lot of people just weren't interested in. I kind of want to break up two podcasts where it's going to be, you know, the rapid fire type of segment. And then we're going to have more of the uh, the highlighted type of games. You know, maybe it's the, the four o'clock game, you know, where we have the Dallas's and the Tampa Bay's and the Green Bay's and stuff like that. So I'm thinking, you know, we, we break it down in the four podcasts. We do a Thursday night primetime. We do a Monday, Sunday night primetime. And then we break it down where it's going to be rapid fire and then kind of your marquee Sunday game. So that's what I was thinking, giving you guys four podcasts and breaking it down to where the team could get more time to prepare because it's not easy getting, you know, we have 12, 13 guys on our team, um, getting 12 or 13 guys on one podcast, cramming it all together, making you guys listen to an hour and 20, 25 minutes. And it's, you know, quick handicap pick, quick handicap pick. Um, that to me doesn't really service you guys um, a whole hell of a lot. So if you want the picks, the picks are going to be there. We're just going to break them up probably into like three or four different podcasts. So that's what we're going to do uh, one way or another. If you guys like that idea, tweet at me, tweet at Chris, tweet at Bet Predators. Let us know what you think about the podcast idea. But I want to make sure that this is our best season yet. And I feel that that um, is going to give us the appropriate amount of time to prepare. And it's going to give us the the better opportunity to win. And, you know, talking to Chris, you know, winning for you guys um, is his number one thing and making the, making sure that all the content that we put out is quality and we give you guys quantity as well. So uh, with all that said, um, good stuff, Chris. Thanks for jumping on. Guys, we're probably going to do um, a running back podcast when it comes to fantasy and then a wide receiver tight end um, as well. So. Uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll be rocking and rolling this week. It's coming down the pike, man. We we got another what, eight or nine days left or something like that before the season kicks off. So 
Uh, big thanks to Chris for jumping on. Big thanks for you guys who went, uh, tuned in. Saw some viewers there checking out stuff. Hopefully you guys do well. And uh, college football kicks off tomorrow. So let's go. We'll talk to you later. Peace out.